0: He was wounded for our transgressions and crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. My dear friends in Christ, as we studied the original languages of Hebrew and Greek at the seminary, our our teachers often told us it's the tiny words, it's the little words that mean so much and that you can gain so much wisdom from. I think you can say the same thing about the English language. The little word but can change a whole course of a conversation, can't it? Or the word yet. Or what about the word how or why? Little words count. In the Greek language, the word that is the focus of our text today is three letters long. The word is die. And it's all usually followed by infinitives. And the word simply means must or it is necessary. It is necessary, Jesus says, to die, to suffer, to rise. There must be a cross, he says. There must be. It is necessary that there is a cross. Because that's the way the Son of God needed to die. And also, it is the way that God's children need to live. The disciples couldn't understand this talk of a cross. Only the worst of the worst were subjected and sentenced to the torture of searing pain and agony. A cross was the ultimate form of humiliation People could stand by and jeer and mock that person who hung on a cross naked. They could throw things at them. They could sit and laugh as the vultures would stop and try to start pecking their flesh while they were still alive. Sometimes people hung on a cross for days, a few recorded instances of them lasting a week before they died of asphyxiation. And here's Jesus saying that he has to go to the cross. Shortly before this, Peter had made a marvelous confession. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Such a God needs a crown, not a cross. But Peter, who had been prompted by his father to speak that marvelous confession, also became the mouthpiece of Satan himself when he took Jesus aside and said, Enough of this talk. And Jesus turned to him and said, Away from me, Satan. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of man. Jesus wasn't ready to take the easy way out. The reality for Jesus centered around that word must He must suffer many things, rejection by his friends, by his enemies. He must suffer at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law. Imagine for a moment the people who knew their Bible best, the scholars of the Scriptures, who surveyed the sacred writings they should have seen in Jesus The promised Messiah, and yet they were so blinded that they declared him no go. He must be killed. The one who says, I am the resurrection and the life, the one who who raised Tabitha and the young man of Nain and Lazarus, says he must himself succumb to the greatest of our enemies. He must rise from the dead after three days. The disciples heard him say that once before. Destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it again. Like Martha, they knew about a resurrection. They knew about a last day, but a resurrection in three days, that's something that they simply couldn't yet comprehend. For Jesus, there was no other option No maybe or might to his resolved. And he says that over and over again in his ministry. Didn't you know, he said to his parents, that I must be about my father's business? To his disciples, he said, I must preach the good news of the kingdom to other towns also because that is why I was sent. To Nicodemus, he said, Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. And to his captors he said, Do you not think I cannot call upon my Father in heaven? And he will at once put at my disposal more than twelve legions of angels. Yet how then would the scriptures be fulfilled that say it must happen this way? The must was a divine mad- mandate, and it is necessary that was, was agreed upon in the inner council of the Holy Trinity before time began. Jesus had to be born of a virgin under law to take our place under the law, to keep it to the finest detail. He had to become the sinner the one who bore the weight and the full responsibility of our sinful condition and every sin ever committed by anyone ever conceived in this, on this earth. He had to deflect the hot anger of God from us to himself to forgive our sins. And he had to replace our sins with his perfect righteousness so that we can stand before God someday unafraid and unashamed. And the resolve for him was not for the purpose of looking good, not for getting people to like him. This is the creator looking down at his creation, a creation that treats him as an enemy, as an impotent fool, or maybe just a good teacher, nothing else Jesus must do the work for him because he cannot stomach the idea that his creatures would die. That's why he didn't destroy everything and start all over again because he loved us. That's his unashamed and unabashed grace. So Luke tells us that after this reading, this event took place, He set his face like flint towards Jerusalem. For Jesus, there must be a cross because that's the way God's son needed to die with a longing and an aching to win forgiveness of sins and freedom for us because that's the only way that you and I can ever have peace with him. But Jesus talks about the cross not only that he would carry, but also that each of his followers will carry too. When Jesus went to Jerusalem, he faced death and resurrection. That cross put eternal imprints on Jesus' hands. But they also have an imprint on us too. There must be a cross because that's the way God's people need to live. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Now, here's one of those little things we don't often think about, crosses. Somebody hanging on a cross, it's not just the nails that cause pain, but it's all those splinters that you get when you're moving up and down. those splinters digging deeper into the body and the constant pain that it causes. Self-denial is painful because we are saying no to our flesh that is so intimately part of, of us while we walk on this earth. That cross that Jesus is talking about is... Every stress you face, every burden you carry, every hardship you endure, because you belong to Jesus and not of this world. It's the constant, unrelenting battle against our self centered nature who wages a 24 hour a day, every moment battle with our faith. When I got married, My brother and brothers-in-law thought it would be kind of funny if they strapped a ball and chain around my foot during the reception and I had to drag that thing around until they finally decided they had enough fun. That's our sinful nature. It's always there dragging us down. Paul says, whenever I want to do the good, do good. Evil is right there with me. Every time I want to praise my God, my sinful flesh is telling me to turn away. Every time I want my my heart to be filled with good things, the devil is there filling it with evil desires. It's that struggle with worldly philosophies that influence our thinking and make us question whether we should always be going against the ways of the world. You know, your, your, your friends say, do it, and your body is screaming, go for it. And the devil is saying, you'll be happy you did it. In the meantime, the Holy Spirit is whispering, but it doesn't honor Jesus. You can't do it. That's carrying the cross. Or when we see someone living in a lifestyle that's apart from, apart from Jesus and we would rather say, well, it's, it's not my business. We try to take the easy way out instead of offering them the words and the comfort and the encouragement of a Savior to help them to find a new and a better way of living and serving him. It's the cross that comes when a marriage is a mess and your heart and your friends say it's time to, call, uh, time to cut ties. But your Christian conscience is reminding you of the faithfulness of Jesus toward you and the vow that you made to be like Jesus and remain faithful to the end. It's showing integrity and in, in, in your speech and honesty in your words. Even if people call you a prude or a, two, a, a, a goody two-shoes. It's being different than the, 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 the people maybe in your office who, who are only there uh, to give the very least and only there to get money. And you're there to serve, to serve others, to serve them with all you have cross is always there or the the temptation is always there, take the easy way out and yet I know giving Jesus my all is what he wants me to do if anyone would come after me he must follow me Jesus says and he doesn't ask us why he wants us to say where Where do you want me to follow you? Picture Jesus at the head of a long procession, carrying that cross that only he could carry, and carrying it for us. He walks past all of the temptations of the world. He walks to the green pastures of his word, and ultimately he walks through the doors of heaven, and he says, now follow me. But the temptation so often is to put the cross down, we complain that our cross is too difficult, that that standing up for Jesus and the world around us, only rece- we only receive persecution, we only are only belittled, and it, and it makes it more and more difficult to carry that cross. Reminded of a story once where a, a man had a dream, he was complaining to Jesus in the dream about how, how, how he didn't like his cross, so Jesus took him in a little room, or a big room I should say, with a whole bunch of crosses, and he said, then you pick out your cross yourself. And the man spent a good part of the day picking up different crosses. One's too heavy. Another may have been way too heavy. Another one was light, but it didn't seem to fit. And finally he came to a cross and he picked it up and it was just right. And as he walked out of the room, he noticed it was the same cross that he was carrying all along. Because Jesus knows the cross that we need to carry. What good is it if a man gains the whole world and yet forfeits his soul? What do we gain by denying Christ for the pleasures of the world? The answer is obvious. There must be a cross. And the cross, it's painful sometimes. You heard the story of Abraham this week. How would have Abraham not become more convinced of the resurrection of the, uh, the, resurrection of the dead, were not for the fact that God asked him to carry a cross to, ki- to, to kill his son? What would Job have learned? If he had not gone through the pain and the tragedy of losing everything and hearing his wife say, Curse God and die, but then being able to hear the voice of God to remind him that his God is transcendent, that his God knows all things. What would it be if we would drop our cross and not know what it is from suffering to learn perseverance and patience? and to find a more godly, a more gleaming character because of the cross that we may have to suffer in that regard. You know, when we carry our crosses, there's, there's a wonderful thing for us always to remember that, that we as Christians never carry crosses alone. We have each other. And we must correct and rebuke each other and can do that in gentle ways when you see somebody putting down their cross to take the easy way out of the world. We are there to help each other when that cross gets heavy. We are there to carry the cross into this, this building each and every week and receive strength to carry it through word and sacrament. There must be a cross because that's how God's people need to live. It costs nothing to become a Christian. Jesus carried the cross so that we couldn't be redeemed, that we can be given new life, there's nothing that we can do to outdo what jesus has done for us but it costs everything to be a christian it costs us our 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 sinful desires it it affects every single thought we think every thing we do it costs us every penny it costs uh, it costs every single desire And yet Jesus said that this is the way to glory. Does it sound hard? Yeah. But remember, Jesus leads you with a cross that saves and he is not not miles ahead of you in that procession, but he is with you today and now to help you carry your cross. And after the cross... He promises that there will be a crown and no one will ever be able to take that crown from you. Amen. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.